I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Well, hello, I'm Susanna Constantine, and this is my wardrobe malfunction podcast that's meant to be about clothes, but goes pretty much everywhere else. This is episode 53. If you're a new listener and like what you hear, do go back to the others and you'll find CeeLo Green on tracksuits, Edith Bowman on hotels, and Anton Dubeck, yes him, on frilly curtains. But on to today's guest, who is an old friend and a genuine style icon, not just for me, but for millions around the world. It's Charlene Spiteri, one of my favourite bands, Texas, who have a seriously brilliant new album called High, out now. Put Charlene and me together, even over Zoom, and we like to talk and talk. So this episode is in two halves. Part two drops on Wednesday. So let's grab the handles, open my wardrobe doors, and find out what's inside. Hello, everybody. Um, right, today, the person I'm going to be interviewing is, is going to be very difficult for me not to be licking her ass the whole way through it because I love this woman. I, I just, she is one of my style icons. And I'm not just saying that. I've always said that you and Tilda Twinton, Tilda Twinton, Tilda Swinton, I knew what you meant. I knew you meant Tilda I mean, Swinton. Yeah, I knew that. And I knew that you if meant. you can hear the voice, you might guess that it is Charlene Spiteri, the Texas legend, style icon woman. Oh, um, my God. And you've sold more than 40 million albums. And your latest record, High, has just come out, which I have to say, Charlene, I am obsessed. It is so good. It's joyous. It's so well arranged. It's beautifully produced and fucking amazing it's, it was a good fun record to make i have to be honest um it was um very it, it feels like a celebration record it's positive you know there's no arsey oh we've got to be this is our disco album this is our blues album this is it. it's just like we're just going to make a record and we're just going to do everything that we love and and, and that's what it is, you know. It's got a bit of folk, it's got a bit of soul, it's got a bit of disco, it's got it's got everything in it, and um, it, it's it's really. I have to say, I'm I, I'm really thrilled that pe- people can. You know that thing when suddenly you like you disappear and then people start stopping you in the street again and going, "Oh yeah. my god, I love that new record," and you're like, you kind of. I'm walking a little bit of a spring in my step at the moment because I'm like, "Oh, thank you, <laughs> thank, thank you." You know, it's like it's good. It feels good. So what do you think? I mean, with something like that, with with this album, it ought to be the album of the summer. And how how do you get it to that point? And you've got all this shit out there, sort of synthesized shit, all sounding exactly the same. How do you how do you get it out there? Is it just word of mouth now? Well, I mean, basically, what happens is so we we're, we're waiting on our first chart position, 
just now. So the record came out on Friday and we'll wait for a first chart position this week. If the position's good, you know, this is the this is the whole ugly truth. If the position is good, then the record company starts pumping money into it. So you get TV advertising, you get billboarding, you get, you know, that then the whole big wheel starts to turn. You know, people are record companies are very, very cautious. They're very cautious and they're very lazy. Mm. They want you to do all the work, and then if they get a sniff of success, then they're all like, "Woohoo! We were when we created this." Oh, really amazing! Yeah, yeah we're, we're aren't we? Yeah. So you're a bit like, it does take a big team of people to do it, and you know we've got people that have worked with us in the record company throughout. But it's when you know it's when all the the big wigs come in and they suddenly like they press the go button. You're hoping the go button's going to get pressed on you. It's always been like that, and you know it is as well as a as a female fronted band. You know as much as that you are kind of down the line again. So you're not just a band. You're then a female fronted band. So you you move further down the pecking order. And it is, you know, it is a business for the boys. Yeah. It really is. And, you know, I had a journalist asking me the other day, he said to me, he says, he says, um, is there still a lot of sexism and stuff out there in the, the music industry? And I burst out laughing. I says, okay, I'll ask you a question. I went, I'm female-fronted band, Scottish. I says, it moves you down the pecking order again. And it was in the British music industry. I said, and we've sold 40 million albums with 35 years behind us. I says, do you think I've got the plaudits that I'm supposed to have? If I was a, if I was a, a if we were a male fronted band, what would, what do you think? And he just went silent for quite a while. He went, oh yeah. And I went, you've answered the question then. I says, there's the answer to the question. I says, yes. but the quit, this is the question now is, is, will you actually write that? Or will you shit yourself and kind of go, oh, can, oh look it's a, it's a middle-aged woman and I'm thinking having a bit of a moment it's like fuck you yeah you know yeah I love your directness I love it so much <laughs> but the the what I love I mean it's kind of it's a bit and I know this sh I should be talking about clothes but I really genuinely I'm so bowled over by high and um because it's sort of a bit of there's a bit of 70s inspiration and yeah. 80s guitar riffs and and I think you are you guys are the masters of that and I don't know what you call it it's kind of like a off-key chord change do you know what I mean yeah we we do play a bit but I think that's probably because none of us are none of us are trained musicians <laughs> so we don't know what we're doing we just go that'll be famous so and then on unbelievable you sound like Kate Bush Oh my god! You, you have to listen to it again. I am the biggest Kate Bush fan on the planet. I met her at Elton's once, um, and Elton did that really weird thing where you know when when you walk in somewhere and Elton goes like, "Oh, shall you know Kate?" And I kind of went like that, and I thought he was talking about Kate Moss. I went, "Yeah, yeah." It turned out it was Kate Bush. I nearly passed out. I literally went. I literally turned into like. A 12-year-old, I went, oh, my God, I love you so much. You've influenced my songwriting so much. And, and she was so sweet. She was like, oh, thank you. And I was like, and I was like, oh, my God, that's that Kate Bush voice. And I'll never forget, I ran down the stairs um, from the gallery a bit, and, and Boy George was at the bottom of the stairs, and Jamie Cullum's there, and I went, oh, my God, I just met Kate Bush. And I went, Kate Bush is up there. And they ran up the stairs like <laughs> lunatics. Like, Kate Bush, where everybody's just like, oh, my God, it's Kate Bush. You know, we meet loads of people, and then you're about like, yeah, yeah, they're great, and they're fine. 
But Kate Bush for me was literally like, do you know that thing when you're going, right, who can I call and just tell that I met Kate Bush? Because that's how excited I got. I was literally, I phoned my mate Rag and I was like, Rags, you'll never guess who I met. <laughs> and she was like, who am I? Kate Bush. And she was like that, shut up. You know that, shut Like, yeah. I guess, you know, for certain people and women and everything, Kate Bush is like the bomb diggity. You're just like, it's Kate Bush. Yeah. No, it's, uh, it's so great. I mean, she's like a hen's tooth now. She's sort of almost imaginary. Do you know what I mean? She's so kind of below the radar. I always thought so she huge. was like imaginary, though for me, like Kate Bush is imaginary. It's yeah. like still even after like that brief meeting, um, it's just like, you know, I, I guess it, it, she had such an influence on my youth, fashion-wise as well, clothing-wise. No, okay. I can't imagine that for a sec. What, you were in leotards with long, long, a little perm? I literally, yeah. I mean, I think every, it's, it's not every single woman in their life gone through the leg warmers and the, the leotard moment in their lives. I think every one of us has done it, even if it's behind closed doors. I've I've all done you know I did that thing where I was like yeah I kind of I thought I was in fame or something I was like leg warmers and tracky bombs with a little leotard on I even had that one you remember when we used to have the leotard that came up and then your trousers oh, would hang yeah. you would, they would hang really low I honest to God I don't even know what I was thinking oh I've made so many mistakes in fashion but anyway yeah it was that it was I I went through that point as well with where I thought I was a dancer. Yeah. I did do ballet for 12 years, mind you, but I did think I was kind of like, cool, cool. Did you dance. really do ballet? I did ballet for 12 years. Wow. Never it believe it by the way I move. Yeah, that doesn't translate on the stage. <laughs> it really doesn't, because all I do is jump around with a guitar and run and just, you know. It's weird, yeah, I I, um, I did ballet, yeah. I love my I love my ballet dance. It's the only thing I've ever given up in my life, um, because of peer pressure. And um, my parents moved out to Loch Lomond, um, and um, everybody's like, oh, "Look at her, she's going to ballet. She's such so posh. She's such a snob." And I was like, you know, and I was badly bullied anyway already. And I thought this is making it even worse. And I gave up ballet because of it. Because I used to have to get, my, when my parents had moved out to ballet, I used to have to get the train to my ballet lessons in Glasgow. And it was, and I gave it up and just kind of locked myself in my room. I was, I would have been about 15. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I started, I started as a little toddler and just went right through. You know, fortuitously maybe, because you'd be on stage for in a tutu as opposed to on stage in your iconic way of dressing who knows maybe i'll need to pull the tutu back out <laughs> please don't could you imagine could you imagine me on stage with a tutu no not for a second i don't even do i don't even do that you know i don't do short skirts i don't do short i don't do any short anything especially not now at my age i'm like you're joking no, thank god for trousers at our age and also i do think i don't know if i mean you you're not a skirt wearer but um I think skirts at our age are very matronly. I mean, it so depends. Like I do do a skirt. I'll tell you how I do a skirt. I will do like a shin length skirt, like so, you know, mid length skirt. Um, but I do it with a boot. I do it with like a big boot. So I'll do like a big denim skirt with a boot and then like a big jumper and a big, or like a big Starskin Hutch cardigan or something. I'll do that. Yeah. I have my moments on that where I basically think I'm Lauren Hutton. But 
basically I've I've my all my fashion life and everything is all based on film. Everything is based on film. Is it? Everything. Like literally my friend saw which I couldn't believe, which I was absolutely shocked. Um she was my makeup artist she's been my makeup artist for years, but now she lives in LA and she's the big head honcho at Chanel makeup. And um she was in um, the UK staying with me and it was when the new um, Star is Born movie came out with Lady Gaga and she had seen it and and I said, yeah, but it's nothing compared to Barbara Streisand and Chris Christopherson. I said, to me, I even, I like that more than I like Judy Garland. So for yeah, me, yeah. my first ever Star is Born was Barbara Streisand. And she says, I've never seen it and I was appalled. I was like, what do you mean? What do you mean you've never seen it? And she was like, I've never seen it. And I went, right, okay. We're getting the kettle on, cup of tea. We sat down, we were at the house in Wales and we just sat there and we watched The Star is Born. And she turned to me, she went, I just realised that basically you've based your whole fashion life on A Star is Born and Barbara Streisand. And I went, oh yeah. You know, the end where she does the suit, the man suit goes on stage with a waistcoat, a three-piece suit, the boot with the skirt, the big cardigans, the little hippie top with the like things, more rock and roll, everything. Star is born, that was it. That, that signed my fashion life that's off. So funny. So yeah, not fashion magazines, film. That's so interesting. Film is always. I go through my points. Steve McQueen, another one who massively influenced how I dress. You know, I'll always do a chino with a like you know, a trainer, it's got to be a white, like a Stan Smith or whatever, um, a really good T-shirt. E T-shirts are essential. I mean, for instance, you've always got to have a sweatshirt. A sweatshirt's always got to have a raglan sleeve. Mm. The sweatshirt ain't got a raglan sleeve. I'm sorry, I'm like, it's not really a sweatshirt then, is it? No, so it's, it's really got cool. to be Steve McQueen, raglan sleeve, an ME one. You know, I would still wear my original ME one, a really good beanie, but... It's like everything for me has got to be really precise. So if I find like a trouser that I like, so for instance, like there's a chino, a menswear chino from Studio Nicholson. So I have eight pairs of those chinos in different colours. That's how I wear it. But it's a man's trouser and it sits on your hip exactly right. The, the width of the belt is exactly right. So it's the belt goes through perfectly so the belt sits perfectly on your hip and doesn't make you look like a doesn't make you look like a big woman I have to use the word woman because it's it's so particular because you if you wear a woman's chino they always make the pockets go like that mm. why did why did designers do that with a pair of trousers for a woman it's like what well, you're trying to extend their hips even more like square the pocket up and the pocket if it's too high makes you look like you've got the biggest backside on the planet. So the pocket has to be sitting down on the bottom of the cheek, you know, halfway up, and the belt needs to be thick enough that the belt sits on your hip, not too low, but sits round your hip and is flattering to the width of you. Well, I'm going to look those up because, and I love the fact that you notice all these details, because um, I, I found uh, Nilly Lowton. Nilly yeah. Lowton. And, but they're so fucking expensive. And everything fashion's all expensive now. 
but I'm going to look at Studio Nicholson because I. What what is it with all these high waisted jeans? It's impossible to find mid or low, and it's so unflattering for a menopausal woman with a gunt hanging, you know, and it's all kind of up here, and you've got this great belly popping out. You need low or mid-waisted jeans. You do need low or mid-waisted jeans. Well, the thing is, is you can do, if you, you can do a high waister, if, only if, the width of the leg is right. At it. So basically what it needs to be is the flare needs to... You know, I used to, when I was younger, I used to like literally sew a T, well, sew like a... Never a U, but sew a T into the tops of my trousers, always. What, on the hem? No, on the gusset. Literally through to... So like a gusset of trousers always sewn like that. So yeah. I used to sew it like... I used to sew it like that. Uh so that then my pant would sit for on stage, like my pant always sits down like that, so that like I can see the three-finger gap between my legs. Yeah. Rather than, you just, if you if you made my legs look like that, which when my clothes are off, my legs don't look like that. My legs don't come together with my vagina in the middle. There's a vagina in the middle, so there's yeah. a gap like that. Yeah. That gap is essential, is absolutely essential. Easy access. How your leg and it makes your leg look longer. That yeah. Hate so that. you you don't do that yourself, are you? Are you? No, I do it myself. My mum was a seamstress. I do it oh, myself. And I'm so sorry about Vilna, darling, because we tried oh, to get hold of you before, and your mum just died. I literally so went to ground. I went to ground, um, and it, you know, I just was at that point where I was like, "Oh, I talk to anybody? I'm just, you know, that when." My mum died so unexpectedly that it was such a shock. And my dad's got Parkinson's and um, dementia. It's not extreme dementia, but what happens when my mum died, it really, it really exacerbated the whole thing. Um, so when all that was happening at the beginning of lockdown, because my mum died the week before lockdown, it was literally, I was like, I was like, I don't have time for anything or a hey let's talk about me I was like I'm just I've just got to concentrate on my family right now um and concentrate on getting my, my own head around the loss of my mum because you know so many of our friends as we know have, have lost their their parents lost their mother you know for me I'll, I'll talk about mothers because I've known my friends mums that have, that have died and I've you know you think, oh my God, that's so sad, it's so sad. And everybody, but as soon as you lose your mother, then everybody turns and goes, now you know. It's like, it's like a physical part of you is missing and you can't actually describe to anybody what it's like, but you're kind of like, I just don't feel right. I just don't feel right. And, you know, I still don't feel right. Everybody says you, you'll never feel right because that's just the way it is and you just go on with it. But I still do things like, because I always would phone my mum when I'd walk the dog and everything, and, and I still go, or do certain things when I would do certain drives. I'd always phone her at a certain point. Mm. And it's just weird, because even just having a record out, normally I'd be like this, my mum would be like, what's happening? What's going on? And I'd be like, oh God, we did this. And I would phone her and say, I'm doing this TV, I'm doing that TV, tell, watch this side, and I'd give her a list of what I was on. So all those weird things have been like quite strange. My mum was 
my my mom was an amazing dresser. Mm. I mean, literally, um, you know, when we were growing up, there was a shop called Bus Stop in Glasgow. I know they had them in London, but my mom was always in there. And you know, my dad would come home from sea, and he would we'd all go, and my dad would be like, "Yeah, we'll get you some Aussie Clark and stuff." And she was always like Biba and Aussie Clark and stuff, and. It's just it's just insane that you know you, you you literally look at that that whole thing and 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 I wish I wish my mom and dad had a flood in their house and my mom had all that stuff in storage and it all got damp and they threw it in the bin and I was like I was on tour in Texas and I was like you did what you did what I was like <laughs> yeah so yeah all the all that stuff went and got binned. God, so that's so your mom. That's so fantastic that you, you know, you got your love of fashion from your mum because you know so often it's your peers or it's escapism into yeah. fashion magazines when you're younger and wanting to look like something that you can't possibly be. So your mother is the most accessible um, fashion role model to have. So you're very lucky to. You know, I've had her yeah, I mean, way. it was amazing. My mum was a window dresser and a seamstress and all that kind of artistic, creative. And, you know, she was a wonderful singer as well. All my mum's family are really good musicians. Um, and it, it's just that whole, that was just the way we grew up. You know, my mum would be doing some windows for whatever company she was doing and she'd come home and we would be making giant paper pom-poms or something or doing some helping or do something to create something for some window and we'd be like doing all this stuff and then you know I used to love it when my dad came home from sea and she would get dressed up because he'd be going somewhere and I'd be like oh what are you wearing and you know that thing of when you just sit in your mum's bedroom as a kid like up in the bed and your mum's getting all ready to go and that smell of the perfume and everything mm. and them doing their makeup and, and you're just like yeah it was so I think there was a lot of that created at that point Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. And also, you know, my mom's brother, my uncle Len, I mean, she came from a family of six um, siblings, but, you know, they were all kind of very fashion conscious and cool and as was my as is my dad I mean I literally called my dad yesterday and my dad is sitting in his you know he's in he's in a raglan sleeve sweatshirt with a rage against machine skip cap on you know and I'm looking at my dad's like 80 odds and and I literally sitting there we skipped up but my dad worked in America our whole life so America was 
the other thing as well, because I had tube socks, you know, I had sweatshirts, I had skateboards, like I had Converse baseball boots before anybody even had Converse baseball boots here because, and I was such a tomboy, you know, I remember my dad um, cutting my, my, you know, I had Levi's. So I remember like when we grew out them lengthwise, they would get cut and then we'd sit with a, a needle and just like fringe them. And I, you know, my mum would sew the patches on in my jeans and everything. And, you know, I was this, you know, no wonder I get bullied. I looked so different from everybody else that I was at school with. But I just wanted to, you know, I basically wanted to be, um, I just wanted to be scout. Mm. Um and and that was it. I was just like I had dungarees. You look a bit like from the film To Kill a Mockingbird. Yes, yeah. remember yeah. that you look. I mean, that makes so much sense. You that do. was for who I wanted to be. I basically wanted my mom to change my name to Scout, and I was like, I literally wanted to be that kid. You know that moment when somebody said, you know, the moment when they say put on the dress, and she's like, ah. mm. you know, that was me. I had long hair as a child. And my dad would not let me cut it because, you know, he's very old and traditional. He's like, a woman shouldn't show her neck. It's bad manners. And like, what century we in, dad? You know, it was like, you know, I had this mum who was really strong, rebellious, but still the rules were the rules in the house. And my dad was like, you ain't cutting your hair above your neck. So the first opportunity I had to cut all my hair off, I was like that. Cut it off! <laughs> I was like, I will become a scout, you know. Do you have brothers and sisters? I have one sister. Okay. And is she quite similar to you? Is she a tomboy too? No, my sister's not a tomboy, but we look the exact same. And she's okay. got short hair as well. Um, but, yeah, she was... No, my sister was a nutter. Um, my, I love my sister dearly, but my sister was the real rebel. And still to this day, at 53 years old, my sister still calls me goody two-shoes because I was always like, oh, God, don't do that. Oh, God, don't do that. You know, I was such a geek. I was really geeky. And my sister was like, had the coolest friends. And my sister had all the cool stuff. But I'm the older sister. And I was just like, you know, I went to art school and I was like, I was just geeky, listening to records. You know, my mates, we'd all go to the record shop on a on a Saturday and they would all be there at the record shop to chat up boys. Mm. But I would be genuinely, ooh, ooh, look at that. You buying records, you know? I would be like buying my record, my pocket money and the little plastic sleeve to put it in, which I still have all those records to this day. So, yeah, I mean, I was, I was just geeky and bit losery couldn't get arrested and that's why I became a musician <laughs> so how do you I mean what you said because you have you have said that you were badly bullied um how did that manifest itself and did your sister stick up for you even though she's younger she when I was being bullied my sister was still at primary school and I was at secondary school so my sister wasn't in that the funny funny thing is is that um there was there was a really funny moment when we were kids um, and we had literally, um, there was this girl giving me a really hard time. This was at, still at primary school and she was always like, eh, like spitting on the back of your blazer and everything and that kind of stuff. And one day I just like turned around as what, and I pushed her 
and I pushed her really hard and she went and asked, but her mum was driving past at the exact moment that I pushed this kid, right? Mum gets jumps out of the car, grabs me by the collar. You know, it's funny because that would never happen. Like, could you imagine if an adult grabbed a kid nowadays? You would literally go to jail. Grabbed me by the collar. And I have to say, I was absolutely terrified. She grabbed me by the collar and she's like, how dare you push my daughter and everything. And I was like, she, she was spitting on my blazer, looking at everything. She went, what's your address? I'm coming to see your appearance. Of course, I tell them, 52 inch Connecticut Avenue. Like this, <laughs> right? Quite the thing. You know, you never forget it. And I was like that. And my dad was home from sea. And I mean, if you saw my dad, my dad was basically like long black hair over here, big beard when he come back, double denim. I mean, total Chris Christopherson. My dad literally like cool dude, always smoking a big joint, <laughs> literally. Um, so my dad turns up. Oh no, that's what happened. He was, she was like, what's your address? And but never turned up that, that day. And um, my... Um, sister that night we were going to school the next day my sister went into my mom's sewing box she got one of my grand's hat pins like got a big hat pin I didn't know this we go to school the next day we're coming walking home from school and this girl's like ha 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 spiteri spit the dog you used to go all these names because it is wasn't everything you're a loser blah 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 and my sister swung round and she walked up to her with this giant hat pin and stabbed her in the ass <laughs> literally stabbed this kid in the ass, went, don't you ever speak to my sister again. You stay away from us, right? This woman turns up with her daughter at our front door. My dad opens the door like, hey, hi, how you doing? And he goes like this. She says, pulls her daughter's knickers down, shows <laughs> my dad this kid's ass and says, your daughter stabbed my daughter. And literally my dad's like, and he goes, Charlene, because he's looking at the size of the kids, calls me out. I come out. I'm like this. And she, the woman went, not that one. The other one. My sister comes out, right? My sister is like the devil, right? How old is she at that point? She would have been, I must have been 12. So she would have been nine. Yeah, she'd have been nine. Uh, she was nine years old and she's tiny she was tiny 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 right she comes out and she had the face my sister has had the face as a child the face of an angel I was like really quite looked quite weird but my sister was had this perfect little nose and little face and literally she comes out and she went yes dad and she, the woman went and he went did you stab this girl to my sister and she went Dad, look at the size of me, look at the size of her. And my dad went, well, that's woman. She, she never snapped her, she never stabbed her, and shut the door on this woman. I'll never forget. I was standing in terror. My sister turned around, my dad said, she turned around and she went, and she was nine. And, she, and I was like, holy mother of God. Yeah, and that, that was us. So my sister, that point, did fight for me. And then when she got to school, I had already been suspended because um, the bullying situation got so bad that one day there was a big crowd of them came to get me and I was coming out, I did technical drawing because I wanted to go into architecture and I'm coming down the corridor and I could see them all and I was like, oh my God, I had on a pair of like black riding boots and a kind of bell skirt 
never forget it, black bell skirt and these but I was a bit gothy so I had on this bit this long skirt and these black boots and the boots had leather soles. I'll never forget that. And these girls went, you bubble and I was so terrified and so scared that I basically lost it and it took two teachers to pull me off the girl. And I got we both got suspended and all the teachers were like I don't forget there was a teacher called Hans Henderson because he was six foot six. And he had the biggest hands you've ever seen. He was a science teacher. And he was literally hanging me under his arm to try. Because I was like, I was, I thought I was fighting for my life. I was like, I was so scared. And um, they said, we don't know what happened. You know, Charlene's very quiet. Believe it or not, I was quiet at school. She's very quiet. She's always, you know, she's a good student. She keeps herself to herself. And we don't know what went down. And I got suspended. And, um, and my sister, so... From that point, because everyone had heard about me, like, getting pulled off this girl and was literally probably going to kill her, that um, I got this reputation as a bit of a nutter. <laughs> a truthful reputation. Oh, but, you know, I suddenly Accurate. got this. And then my sister, so when my sister went, oh, yeah, you're Mad Dog Spiteri's sister... That's then when she got to secondary school, she got that. And she. I remember my sister thinking, I think she's nuts, wait till they meet me. <laughs> Mad. Oh, my God. But your your forthrightness and your feistiness, that has stayed with you. And I, I love you for that. You speak your mind. Oh, and you have a real bugbear, which I do too, which is manners. Oh my God! Well, my mum always, yeah, but that was my mum. I mean, and that was the thing about being when you say forthright. I was brought up by both my parents to be. If you weren't comfortable with something or you didn't want to do something, you say it in the nicest way. Thank you so much. It's not for me. I don't want to do it. But I was always. You have a choice to say no, and that was. I think probably one of the most important things that I was given as a child, and it was like you, you know, treat people the way you expect to be treated, you know, and there was there's no one above you, there's no one below you, everyone's equal, you know. People, some people may have more than you, some people may have less, but you, everything is equal, you know. We come in the same way, maybe we go out a bit of a different way, but that's how it happens, and you know. I'll be honest, especially in, in life, as you and I know, if you've got good manners and people remember, you know, being successful is about being able to ride a wave. Mm. And if you're mannerable and nice to people, they remember it when you come back round again, when you get a bit of success and they go, oh, yeah, I remember them. They were nice and we'll, you know, but bad manners, holy mother of God. Have you got any examples of people who where you've kind of tackled people on their rudery? Um, I mean, the I mean, put it this way: my band say don't ever go shopping with me. Okay, and I'm always like, why? Because the thing is, is I have a terrible thing of not a terrible thing, but I'll I'll hold the door open for you. But if you don't say thank you, I will literally say, it, and that'll be thank you very much you're looking for or and I'm always like excuse me like if people are like and people are just really really rude sometimes but most people you know 90% of people are really really nice the only one of the times that I really had the moment was when um, I was signing my record deal I think it was 1986 and um, 
the then um, head of the record company, the MD was a man called David Simone. And um, I remember when I was signing my deal, I was sitting outside the door and the door was open. And I remember my managers were in there and they were like, and I remember he referred to me as the dodgy boiler. And he was a bit like, he was a bit like, and I thought, did he really just use that language? But the funny thing is, is it kind of put the fire in my belly of, I will take no bullshit here. I'll do exactly what I want to do when I want to do it. And if you want to refer to me as a dodgy boiler, then wait and see. And it's really funny because I became friends with David Simone, but I never, ever let him forget that he used, he was so rude about me. And I never, I used to go like that. So David, what are we doing today? What are you coming along with the dodgy boiler? And he would just, every time I used to say it, but I would be laughing saying it, but trust me, I really meant it. I was literally, you called me that in 1986. I was a kid. You know, I was a young woman who was literally just coming into the world to dream and be a musician. And literally, you crushed my heart by saying that. I You made me feel so bad inside. And I literally would just hammer it back to him every time. Every time I just keep, I'd like, I would just slot it in every now and again. What does it? What does a dodgy boiler even mean? I don't actually know. I think it means you get a bit. You're a bit kind of. I just think it was just an expression they probably all used. Probably yeah. like a laddie thing, like yeah, the dodge. You know, it's a bit like you know when my mum always said, you know that thing when men call you birds. My mum said, just always say to them, you know what birds are for, picking up worms. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just, I love she, that. she said, just don't let anyone ever call you a bird. And I was like, you know, oh, that old bird. Mm. Yeah, no, it's, but you are amazing in that way. And I, I mean, I'm, I mean, I don't care who, who I am. I have terrible road rage, um, <laughs> unfortunately. But I'm, I'm like that. It's the same thing. That sort of, you know, I will always let people through. You know, I will let someone through, and if they don't say thank you, then it's the kind of window down, and then passive yeah. aggressive. Thank you. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. It's, it's weird. My my husband says that I'm going to get punched in the face one of these days, that I need to be really careful with my... I did get punched in the face. Once. Did you? Well, actually, I punched a taxi driver in the face. Shut up! Road rage. And um, I tried to overtake him, and it was going down the mountain. He started going really slowly, and I tried to overtake him, and then he'd pull out, go, going like 20, 15 miles an hour, and then he'd pull in, so I couldn't overtake him on the inside or the outside. And he stopped. And he got out his cab and I got out of my car and he came up to me and he had a passenger in the back. And I had my hair in a ponytail and um, he came up to me and he went, you fucking cunt. No. Um, and I was like, excuse me, excuse me. He said, you fucking C-U-N-T. And I went, I said, what, what are you doing? We nearly had an accident. And he grabbed my ponytail. No! Pulled my head down and said, do you want to suck my cock, you fucking bitch? So I just instinct, oof, um, punched him in the face. And the, these policemen, luckily, there were, obviously, there were a lot of police around there. And this policeman came up and said, are you okay? And, blah, blah, blah. and I was so angry. And... 
they said, you know, do you want to, we'll, we'll take this down. I said, no, no, I just, just leave it. Just leave it. I don't, I'm late for a meeting. Just leave it. I was probably only in my early twenties. So anyway, I left it, but, and I was so angry, you know, the red mist. And then afterwards I started shaking because I realized, and I went into a bit yeah. of shock because I realized not the fact that he'd done that or said, do you want to suck my cock? You know, he was too unattractive for that. But it was the fact that I could have been in, you know, Harlem in the 70s and wearing a bikini. Yeah. And I would have done exactly the same thing because yeah. that rage, when it overtakes you, it is so terrifying. And you put yourself in such a vulnerable position. Absolutely. More than just being, you know, a woman, it's an angry woman is really vulnerable. Yeah. It's really, I mean, that is the thing. An angry woman is really vulnerable. It's, you've got to be, and that, and the thing when you're in a situation, it's the exact same thing, the bullying thing. I don't remember getting into that fight. And I had done everything to not be in a fight. But when you get a shock and something like that happens, you're in a situation where you're like, you're in, you'd either want to, your instinct either is fight back or go down. And, yeah. and you know, certain situations you'll fight back. And, and, and I totally get that. And that's the thing is, is like you're going, oh my God, I belted this big man. The truth is, is that he could have, more than likely would have probably, was more than able to kick the absolute shit out of you. Um, but sometimes just, fear and shock takes over of the whole situation I can't believe that he grabbed you like by the hair I mean mm. what, you know when you see that when you hear that kind of stuff you just think you're like like what are you are you actually a caveman it's like really Wilma exactly you're just like really that's the you know I remember somebody on stage and, and I said to him do you speak to your wife like that at home somebody shouted something at a festival one time in Hyde Park and I said to you do you speak to your girlfriend or your wife like that and the whole place went mental and, and he shouted something and I'll, I'll never forget I went like that to the audience I went you lot around about I'm up on stage what do you think we should do and everybody started going ow ow and they literally, this guy was in the audience, started, they started pushing this guy out of the audience. I was like, never fuck with anybody that's got a mic on a stage and the, the audience, most of the audience are there to see them. You, lun you, you lunatic. That's it for part one. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe, give us a five-star rating and review us on your chosen podcast platform. Thanks to Charlene to our house band duo and of course thanks to you for listening catch up soon until then my wardrobe is officially closed mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market